Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Michigan has now had more than 10,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19 and more than 400 related deaths since just March 10th. The numbers are still climbing quickly. The new numbers came the same day that Governor Gretchen Whitmer ordered school buildings closed through the rest of the school year. Here to talk about that decision and what else is happening here in Michigan with the coronavirus pandemic is the governor of the state of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. Governor, welcome back to Detroit Today. Good morning. All right, so let's start with this uh, decision to close school buildings and in-person classes for the rest of the school year. What brought you to that, that choice? Well, you know, every decision I've made has been with um, Dr. Janae Caldoun uh, helping kind of guide and advise me. I think that it has become very clear that we are weeks out from the apex of COVID-19, whether it's um, three weeks or five weeks. And there's modeling that um, predicts it could be somewhere in that range. We know that it's not safe to send our our kids back into the schools. We also know that it's paramount that our kids continue to have the education that they need to finish up this school year. And so we spent the better part of the last couple weeks working with the Michigan Department of Education, the legislature, as well as, of course, our true experts, which are the frontline educators and administrators, to fashion um, a solution that really takes into account the incredible, um, you know, number of school districts that we have, that have unique challenges and unique resources so that each can fashion a plan to meet the needs of, of the kids that they serve. It's, um, you know, when, when some districts don't have access to broadband or to computers, it's important that they have the flexibility to design something that will work for their students. And um, so this is, I think, the, the best scenario we can do with over 900 school districts in Michigan. Um, I think that it's now incumbent on our locals to really start to uh, work through what that looks like for each district and um, get our kids in a space where they're learning and they're able to complete this year. So uh, you also said this week that you would like the legislature to extend emergency powers, extend the the disaster declaration another 70 days, which I think is also reflective of the new understanding of just how long it's going to take to get past this uh, pandemic and its worst effects. Uh, But the the longer we do things like that, I think the more questions come up about finances, especially in cities like Detroit, where uh, the, the, the burden is so high and the government here is already, you know, a cash-strapped entity. Uh, our casinos are closed, which means we don't have $600,000 a day in revenue coming into city coffers. I wonder if you're starting to think about the ways in which the state may have to step up to help cities just survive this, uh, but also how, uh, if we're going to go another 70 days, how that all works, even at the state level, for tax revenue and all of the kinds of things that, that just are on hold right now? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad for the question because um, I, with every one of these executive orders, they weigh heavily on me. I know that there are ramifications, whether it is a business that may struggle to reopen or layoffs that happen or kids that aren't getting their meals at school like they usually do because of the free and reduced lunch program. 
uh, we're working to meet the needs around each of these executive orders, but I'll, rec- I'll just observe this. If we don't take this aggressive stance, coronavirus is going to last longer in Michigan, and more people are going to get sick, and that means more people will um, be fatalities because of COVID-19. And so uh, there are economic uh, pressures, to be sure, and I recognize that. I've gone in with um, it's very sobering to see kind of how stressed our state budget is going to be, how stressed our municipal budgets are going to be. Uh, but at the end of the day, we know that this going on for longer, uh, this contributing to more people getting sick, um, I think has got to be our first and foremost consideration because if we don't get our arms around this as quickly as we possibly can, it'll have an even more dramatic, harsh impact on our on our budget. Sure, and but, so but, we but what do we do? There is going to need to be help. Um, we know that, and we're we're trying to uh, think through what that looks like and how we're going to meet this need. So, so what are some of the things that that we might have to do? And are you starting to think through what that looks like? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been meeting regularly with uh, Rachel Eubanks, our state treasurer. I've been meeting regularly with. Jeff Donofrio, the um, head of labor and economic opportunity that it, under which the unemployment insurance agency uh, resides, we are, um, you know, have impaneled a number of uh, leaders to help, I think, inform decisions around when it's healthy to go back, when it's safe, what we need to see, what the metrics need, you know, what look like and what the appropriate data points are that we are assessing. But also I've asked um, a number of leaders in, in the industry to come together as well to uh, help advise what um, practices we need to see in order to ramp some things back up. The worst thing would be uh, if we didn't take this seriously and be aggressive on the front end and we watch this go on and on and on, or we just think that we can flip a switch and resume life as normal and have a second wave of COVID-19 happen. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to be really smart about how and when the right time is to, to re-engage pieces of our economy. So, so also, I want to ask you about the numbers with regard to COVID cases here in the state of Michigan. The state has started reporting those numbers and a including racial demographics and it's almost an understatement to say that they are they are shocking in terms of uh, the percentage of african americans who are being affected by this uh, in in our state i, I want to get your reaction to those to those numbers uh, and uh, put that in some some context for us i mean we know that that poverty is an aggravator for things like this. Systemic racism is another. Uh, but boy, the 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 nature of the the outsized impact this is having on the African American community has got to be frightening. Well, it is, and you know, obviously, um, Dr. Caldoun and I have had a lot of conversation around this, around why um, we've seen such a, a spike in Southeast Michigan, in particular. When you look at these numbers, I was asking her about this yesterday, and she said, well, um, you know, it's it's hard to draw hard and fast conclusions from this set of numbers because it, it also said 30% was racially unknown. Um, and so she said because of that, you know, it, it 
brings up a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. But what we do know is that poverty is a pre-existing condition. You know, if you are in poverty, you've got high stress. Uh, you're more likely to have, um, you know, associated um, physical uh, ailments as well because of that. That that also makes COVID-19 harder for on your body. And so there are a lot of different pieces. There is a racial component. We need to understand, um, I think, you know, the, the real scope of it. We need to be mindful as we think about policies, uh, as we think about opportunities, as we strive to really build equitable opportunity in our state and in our economy. And um, this, you know, when we look at just the schools, for instance, the order yesterday, we have to give locals the ability to fashion a solution for their kids because our districts look very different across Michigan. Yes. Some have broadband, some have computers, some don't. And so um, one size fits all doesn't work. And as we look to uh, the impact on the African-American community, we're going to continue to ask these questions and uh, make sure that we drive solutions that create um, create equity and address the the, the issues that the things that we're learning um, as a result of COVID-19 and, and the data that we're trying to collect. Okay. About one more minute. Okay. Governor Gretchen Whitmer, thanks very much for coming by and uh, we hope you are taking care. Thank you. You too, Stephen. Up next, we're going to continue the conversation about COVID-19 and the disproportionate effect on African-American communities. And we want to hear from you, 313-577-1019, about all the news this week. Stay tuned for more Detroit Today.